0: Hi guys, this is In Bed with Omotayo. Welcome, 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 welcome back into my bed. Before I dive in, please, 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 please like, subscribe, share, comment. I'm really trying to move into doing this full time. And so your interaction would really really encourage me and would lead me on that path to be being able to monetize. I don't even know how it works quite yet, but I do want to get to the point where I am doing this as a talk show consistently. Maybe I can even have a set start to invite guests and have conversations and in order to do that I need the numbers so I would really love 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 your support please share this far and wide please subscribe thank you so much guys I love you in advance thank you now let's dive in let me tell you let me tell you guys I have finally figured out Why I am still single. You guys, you've been on this journey with me talking about singleness for so, so many years. And I'm sure some of you have just wondered, hey, yeah. Anyway, God will do it one day. Let me tell you why God has not done it. It's not because God does not want to do it, it's not because He does not want to do it. I finally figured out why I am single. I have to say thank you to Muiwa Anagale, OG of Before Marriage 21. I have to say a very big thank you to them for combinedly encapsulating my experiences within their singular marriage. Yes. Um, I have to thank them for being so vulnerable and sharing on their platform about the ins and outs and the ups and downs of their relationship and the processes that they had had individually leading to that union i have to thank them for this particular interview listen i've heard them share their story several times i've pieced their story together several times but this interview was phenomenal because they shared how they got married how they met and the entire journey but they were sharing it together you know how when you hear someone um when you hear the wife say oh this is how we met and she tells her story and then you hear the husband say this is how we met and he tells his story and you're like "Mm -hmm." We can't really see where everything lines up because they both have different perspectives. Well, in this interview, they told their story together. So she would start and stop. And then he would give his backstory of what was happening while she was going through her own that she didn't know at the time. And then they'll go back and say, this is what she was thinking. And he'll go back and say, this is what he was thinking. And they did that from the beginning to the end. So what we got here... masterfully presented (laughs) was the perspective of a man and a woman in their individual journeys of faith, their processes, their own kind of like weaknesses and struggles and the lessons that they had learned put together. And I'll tell you why this is even more profound because both of their perspectives applied to me and my dating journey. It was like they went through their dating journey just so that they could come and talk to somebody like me this interview by the way was done by a lady called sharon and um, her youtube channel is called the journal okay so here are the parts of um ogale Oji's story that connect directly to mine she has had an experience where she was in a relationship with someone who they both believed that god um intended for them to marry each other and it didn't work out. When I was going through my experience, I didn't know that that happened. I didn't know it was possible for God to bring you and someone together and for that relationship to not work out. Years after my experience didn't work out, I heard her experience and that really encouraged me. So that's number one. Number two, she also had um, a vision of you know, getting married at a certain age or whatever. And then that wasn't happening. And she shares that she had a moment where she went to God and she said, God, I actually do want to get married. So what am I doing wrong? Now with Muyoa's story, what I love so much about it is answers the other part, the guy's parts, the what's going on in his head part. He was a womanizer. He says it himself. And then he had this miraculous transformation and became Christian And in his process, God also told him who his wife was. But on the journey, he still struggled with the temptations from the past. Everybody has a picture of what they desire in their spouse. Everybody has an imagination that they've held since they were young. Everybody has like how... They've pictured their fantasy partner, and the thing is that in real life, you can see that those people exist. they are examples of people who are tall, dark, and handsome, and so because we know it exists, if you, it's very difficult to meet someone who doesn't have that physical spec and who doesn't look that way, or who doesn't have the same interests that you have, that you things you imagine that you would do together with your partner. It can be very difficult to think beyond that. It can be very easy to that your life is going to be bland and boring. The fact that Muyu shared his own process of getting over that hurdle was very encouraging to me. It did two things. One, it lessened the sting of rejection that I had felt. It helped reframe that challenge for me and helps me realize the right kind of mindset that you need to have in order to overcome that so that you're actually open to receiving someone who is actually ideal for you. I'm going to be inserting clips of the interview and then I will talk about it after. I
1: found myself like at 25 and there was like, no serious guy in the picture at that time so i was like you know what like this isn't what i want my life to be like i do want to get married i do want to have kids and so i'm like what is it that i've been doing wrong and that was sort of like when i had to come to jesus moment in the sense that i had been doing things the world's way like the way the world dates the way the world like so i needed if i wanted god's results i needed to do things god's way So at that point, at 25, I made a very, very radical decision, radical agreement with God that the next relationship that I go into, I have to have the conviction that God is saying this person is my husband and that person has to have the conviction that God is saying that I'm his wife. If those two things are not in place, the relationship is not going to happen.
0: One of the reasons why this really resonates with me is even though I, I made that commitment and my life definitely changed, I I started to really love God. I started to spend all my time in church because I enjoyed being in church. I loved the community that I, that I was building and that I was a part of. And I really loved feeling the sense that God was close to me. I loved that confidence that I had waking up every day knowing that like, oh my God, God speaks to me, like God hangs out with me, like God is interested in my life. And my life genuinely changed and was different. However, there was still that part of me that was excited because I was like, oh, my God, God is talking to me. Therefore, God likes me. Therefore, I'm actually doing the right thing. Therefore, God is going to reward me with this perfect husband because I'm finally good enough to deserve it. And so even though I was enjoying my relationship with God, I was also believing that I was working for the prize and i hate to say it but jesus wasn't enough of a prize at the time um he just wasn't i really was using jesus as a means to get married and so i was enjoying the benefits of i don't know speaking in tongues and being able to prophesy and being able to have so much revelation my goodness i was i was brimming with it i was so happy i was floating i was I was praying for people and I was like doing all these wonderful ministry things and I felt really good but I felt really good because I was like yes now I'm getting qualified and now God will finally look at me and smile at me and say here's your husband and so when that didn't happen I was disappointed And then when it then happened that he told me who my husband was and then I got rejected, I was so hurt and I was so resentful. And so, yes, I had the bedrock of a relationship with God, but I had a huge resentment that I started to build up. This leads me to the second clip that I want to share. This is the clip of Ogale sharing about the relationship she'd been in that didn't work out.
1: So after I made that agreement with God, um, they were like, people that came my way and stuff like that but I didn't have a conviction about them so there was this friend that I had at the time and we had spoken like he had given his life to Christ in a similar way that Muiwa gave his life to Christ and all of that and we had conversations and we were pretty much on the same page in terms of like convictions right like Mm -hmm. okay we believe that for you to make a decision on who to marry God has to be involved and all of that so um, eventually we decided to um, enter into a relationship because we believed that God was leading us that, um, in that direction. Um, but it didn't work out, right? And there were so many things that happened, as in stuff that I take accountability for, stuff that he takes accountability for. And I think this is just one of those um, examples of just because God said something, If you don't do your part, it's not Mm -hmm. going to work out, right? So God had said something, but we weren't stewarding the relationship in a godly way, right? As in things around, coming, we were not communicating properly. We were not sort of like exhibiting those skills that are necessary for relationship success. So eventually, of course, the relationship didn't work out. Yeah. Um, But before the relationship ended, he comes to me, similar to Moewa, and he's like, you know what? I'm having doubts. Like, I don't feel conviction anymore like I don't feel convicted I'm having a lot of doubts and at the back of my mind of course I knew like the doubts were as a result of the relationship issues that we had been having and then and there the Holy Spirit reminded me of the promise I had made to God that I wouldn't like if at any point in time I felt like myself or the person I was with didn't have a conviction we wouldn't move forward So I knew that the Holy Spirit was asking me to end that relationship at that point because this is the person that is telling me he's no longer convicted, right? But I was still doing, oh, but God, you said that this is the one for me. And I I was holding on out of fear, not out of faith, if I'm going to be honest, right?
0: So here's where I want to pause in this clip. I had also had that experience with God where, you know, God told me who my husband was. One of the things that I feel like I kept being reassured of with God was that my final confirmation, apart from all these other signs and wonders, would be that he would want me to. And so that was kind of a way of saying, if he doesn't want me, then you can let this go. And I kind of agreed to that. However, because of all the miracles, you know, there were so many external as well as internal confirmations. That even though I said, okay, his agreement would be the final confirmation, I didn't really think there was any possibility that he wouldn't agree. And so when it started to happen that he was detaching from me, even in that period of getting to know each other, it was very, very hard for me to accept.
1: Even in that season, like the Holy Spirit reminded me that, okay, he told Abraham to kill Isaac, but he didn't. Like God provided a rap. Like, so it, like God has the ability to re- reunite us if he wanted to, if that relationship ended. But I was holding on based on, if I'm being honest, I was holding on based on fear that if I let it go, it would be gone forever, as opposed yes. to faith that God had initially said, This is the guy for me.
0: So the story goes that God told Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, who he had waited for. This was the promised child. Like this was the one he'd been waiting for. And Abraham agreed. And Abraham took Isaac to the top of that mountain, tied him down, and was willing to sacrifice him. The Bible talks about how Abraham essentially received Isaac from the dead through that, which means that what Abraham had done was in his heart. He had been willing to let go. The Bible also says that Abraham believed that God could raise Isaac from the dead, I've always heard that and thought, "Mm, I don't know if that's literal. I feel like it's more symbolic of the God who gave him was willing to give him again. That understanding that you need to not be so attached to what God has given you because if he gave you that, he can also give you another. In that time for me, promise i did not believe that god would give me another and i was really scared that i had done something wrong i was scared that i had messed up and i was scared that like if i continued to mess up like this would i mess up my entire life like i was messing up when i was doing things the world's way and now i'm in god and i'm still messing up and i believed so much that i was ruining my life and my relationship with god and everything I did not believe in a God who could restore. I did not believe in a God who could give back double for your trouble. I did not believe in a God who could restore the years that were stolen by the canker worms and the caterpillars. I did not believe in a God who could restore time. I did not believe in the God who could who could just provide a lamb so that you don't have to kill your child.
1: I, I, I believe that if that really if I had ended the relationship that God would have reunited us but i'm kind of glad that i didn't because i mean just look at this hot this look at the hottie that i'm married to right
0: she had had this experience already and so she didn't hold on too tight and she was willing to let go and that just shows how like even the past experiences and things that we think hurt us so badly actually fortifies us and gives us the strength to be able to make better decisions in the future um it shows us it allows us to trust God so that we can make faithful, faith, faith-led, faith faith-inspired decisions rather than holding on out of fear. Now, this next clip shows a different side of the story that's more, um, I want to say the internal process that I was going through as a person. So this is separate from marriage, but it affected the way I was handling this whole marriage issue
2: i I came to because there are a lot of things i read in the bible that we don't really understand the practical side of it in the world and one of the things is pride like for example when you hear the word pride what do you think of you just think of someone who's arrogant right Mm. but for me i feel like the practical use of that word is someone who has a fixed mindset some like pride can also be likened to a fixed mindset where you're like this is how i want to do something this is my type, yeah. and the Bible says that he re- God resists the Resist. the, the proud, proud. but gives grace to right. the humble. And when you look at it like God only uses people who are flexible, yeah, you're flexible, you're malleable. He can tell you to, you know, raise your rod to the sea, and you're not shivering and asking yeah. yourself why. Yeah. Like yeah. you just take instruction and you obey, which is which comes back to being sheep because sheep. You need to be flexible in order to walk with a shepherd. Because you don't know where the shepherd is going. All you're doing is following him, right? We're called followers of Christ. Oh my goodness. Yes.
0: It's it's this pride. It's pride of a thing. So the Bible is clear that pride is a sin. It's a huge sin. God hates pride. God even hates a proud look. Can you imagine? And the truth is, if I'm honest with you guys, I hope you can't see it on my face, honestly, because I grew up proud. (laughs) I grew up proud. It was like a it was like passed down in my DNA from both sides (laughs) and it was reinforced daily and I took pride in being proud I took pride in resting bitch face in being cynical and pessimistic I could tell you all the ways that something could fall apart um I was not impressed by anyone I could shut you down with a look cut you down with my words like I took pride in being that person And I didn't even understand how pride could be a sin. I called it confidence. But eventually, when I started my journey with God and God started to touch my heart and reveal that I was proud in so many areas of my life, and I realized how pride was kind of keeping me from enjoying life and from Really just being open. Pride really keeps you from being open to opportunities because you're shutting down and so you're limiting your life to what you understand, to your intellect and what you know. I definitely feel very intellectually superior at some point. It's been a it's been a long road to humility by the grace of God, and I'm still not i think that's that's the point of this this clip that's the reason why this really resonated with me and i've been you know with this mindset that i've had of trying to like tick boxes right i'm trying to win i'm trying to impress god so that god can bless me that's not how it works and it's very frustrating when you're trying to do that because you keep looking at people who are imperfect but seeming to get blessed right and you keep wondering why you aren't getting blessed in the same way that they are getting blessed because we're all getting blessed it's just that people are getting blessed in the ways that we want and pride is kind of at the heart of that you know you looking at yourself and saying i'm qualified for this now why am i not getting it thinking that it's by your qualification that people get blessed that's not how it works Now, in 2016, I had been on my faith journey for a few years by then. Like, my intentional, like, I'm devoted to you, Jesus journey for a few years. And I was still not married. And I was, I turned 30 in 2016. And I was feeling very, like, blue and lonely. And I was just wondering, like, God, I've come this far with you. We're really good. I feel really confident that you love me. Why am I still single? Like, I just want to know. Is there a bigger purpose? Like, what's the reason? And I remember I was sitting in my dad's study and I had my laptop in front of me and I had um, OneNote. I use Microsoft OneNote for things like that because it stores in the cloud. And in the the old days with Microsoft OneNote, it was the only one that you could just type in and you didn't have to save and you wouldn't lose your documents. It was like a massive journal. And I opened this new tab and I was waiting and the Bible verse dropped in my heart, and it was God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Guys, I mean, listen, i have been working hard to be humble. i have been working hard to stop being proud. But sitting there and thinking, My good God, is this pride never going to leave? Am I never going to become humble? Am I never going to be able to attain this heart I, I just I didn't know what to do I just sat there like well if we're back here I don't know I don't know what I can do different I don't know what I can do and so this clip that when you shared this revelation that he shared of what pride is that really brings peace and context pride is not about your good behavior it's not about it's not even pride is not about kindness like you can be kind and proud the true state of pride in this context is just being fixed on your own path. Like, there's nothing wrong with our desires. It's just that holding on to it too tight and not allowing God to suggest something different. That's what pride is. You know, this brought me so much relief because, again, like I said, I've been working hard to be a good person. God is like, it's okay. You're kind, you can be generous. We can be friendly or warm or whatever. That's not the issue. The issue is that when you have your mind set on something, it's so fixed on that thing that you're not willing to have me say, Hey, hey, how about we try something else? Watching this video, watching me share this, it made me stop thinking that God was like waiting for me to be a perfect person in order to bless me. It just meant that God had blessings for me in places that I hadn't been flexible enough to explore. So let's say I've decided I'm going to go straight ahead. I'm going to walk 10 miles and I'm not turning to the left or the right. And God has a blessing for me on the left or on the right. If I don't turn left or right, I won't see it. It's not because I'm not walking. It's not because I'm not moving. It's because I'm I'm not willing to bend. And that willingness to bend and to be flexible That is humility. And I just, I'm just so thankful for this explanation. It just, it just means like going forward, right? When I start doing something and I'm so fixed on this idea that I have, I can allow myself to realize, oops, (laughs) take a minute, breathe. Could there be another way? Could there be another way that God himself is trying to bring your attention to? Just relax. Just, you know, just chill.
2: Pray for your wife. So I'm like, okay, fine. Like, wherever she is, uh, you know, I, I just started praying for her. Mm-hmm. And then another voice came and it's like, Moya, like, what you want is stopping me from showing you what you need. Mm-hmm. And immediately, like, I was like, whoa, like, that wasn't me.
0: This clip. ho. <laughs> what you want is stopping me from showing you what you need. As in, God, God creator of the universe wants to show you what you need but what you want is stopping him from showing it to you it means you won't see it you won't pay attention to it you won't want it and so he prayed okay God take away what I want and give me what I need The really interesting thing about this is, because I did go into another relationship after the one um, that God said the first time didn't work out. When I was dating this other person, or rather before I agreed to date this person, he wasn't my physical spec. He didn't have like the features that I was used to, that I admired, that I desired. And... I remember having a dream when me and him were hanging out because I was asking God I was like God let me know like I'm starting to like this person but I've had this disappointment Um, and so I don't want to go into a relationship if you're not here Um, but I'm scared of you telling me someone else is my husband because that would be like so what did you say the first time and I had this dream where this guy who was taller than me but not that tall this guy walks into a room i kind of go out to meet him and then as i'm giving him a hug a tall guy is walking behind him and as soon as i see that tall guy I get distracted and i'm like (gasps) and the moment i did that there was some kind of fight broke out when i woke up i was like god i know exactly what this means but please can you just confirm it a bit more and that day interestingly enough this guy had um said he was going to come with me to my church. And so he came to pick me up. And as soon as we got into church, even before he started the message, he said, your desire is getting in the way of God's design.
2: My contemplation this morning is the battle between your desire and God's design. The battle between your desire and God's design. Tell your neighbor, your desire is in the way of his design
0: and i was like okay jesus now this next clip is of sharon who was the one hosting this interview between me and Agali.
1: you weren't afraid of his
0: reaction like oh he might go and find another you know girl that's a
1: good one you know Like, if I tell him to wait, so you had that you set those boundaries in the Mm -hmm. beginning, knew that Mm -hmm. this woman is serious, she doesn't take any nonsense. And I think men value that. And I think there's that notion
0: sometimes where we are told to fear that oh, if I tell
1: a man that I don't want to have sex before marriage, Mm -hmm. they might run away.
0: So when I got into another relationship um, after the one where God said that that one that didn't work out, one of the things when we started talking was I was very clear. I was like, well, I'm Christian. I'm on this path. Like I'm, you know, talking to God every day. Like this is the kind of person I am. And I know that that's not the kind of person you are. He was still, as we say, in the world, but he wanted to he wanted to devote his life to God. He was trying to take it more seriously, going to church and things like that. And so, as part of our dynamic, I was the one kind of introducing him to exploring the prophetic and looking into his dreams and you know listening to God and things like that. And so, somehow, I guess I definitely was the one who seemed to have the the standard in purity. And so, when I told him that I didn't want to have sex i'm sure like that came under the umbrella of this my purity in christ however when we did eventually start dating i allowed myself to do what i had done in all the other relationships that i had before i committed my dating relationships to christ and the moment we had our first like makeout session like the relationship started to dwindle again it's not about the sex because there are many christians in relationships who who have sex all the time it's not like oh I, i i dropped my standard and i disappointed this fellow no that's not what it was and i don't even really know what was happening on his end but for me what it was was i dropped my own standard i wasn't consistent it's like if i had said oh i actually really like sex it's just that i'm trying not to have it for now and you know it's a huge temptation for me, but sometimes I fall, whatever, then that would have been me being honest. So I don't think that, you know, this idea that Christian women have that when they say they're not having sex, then that's the reason why the person doesn't want to date them. I know that that happens for some people. So in that case, it's a filter. But I think that for most people, it's not about your sex. It's about your character in general i was two-faced i was inconsistent i said one thing and i did another and the thing is if the roles were reversed i'll be like this guy is inconsistent this was like a values-based beliefs-based character-based inconsistency that i was exhibiting and so anyone would be a bit like "Mm, this girl said that this thing is important to her but now the slightest, it even big. You know, like, what? I think that character inconsistency is a bigger issue than sexual preservation in marriage. I think that a lot of Christian women think that it's a mark of, you know, being a better person to say, I don't want to have sex until I'm married. But it's like, if you're doing everything else, then... You want to have sex. You've just told yourself that you're not doing it. But yet you don't even have the discipline to keep yourself from the temptation. And you've made, if, if like me, you've made it seem like not having sex is part of the if the thing with you. It's like, oh, you have so much spiritual discipline. You have so much character. You've developed yourself so much. And it's like, with the slightest provocation, you just dropped your trousers. It has to make you wonder. Where else is she inconsistent? Why was she pretending this entire time? I'm going to be honest and say to you guys that like, I only understand sexual purity from the lens of intimacy in the sense that I don't want to be sexually intimate with someone I don't trust and someone that I'm not committed to. That's that's kind of my barrier. Like that's the reason why... I'm celibate it's the trust. Physical affection for me is one of my biggest ways of showing love and when it's rejected or when it's not reciprocated I feel so hurt so broken so shattered and so the only reason for me at this point in my life why I'm celibate is because of heartache. It's not because of a law, a commandment which is it's not what a Christian girl should say but it's the reality for me and I can understand that there are many people who don't attach such gravity of emotional responsibility to sex and so it's easy for them to have sex and the truth is if it was easy from if I felt the same way I would be having sex I would be praying and fasting and speaking in tongues and whatever and still having sex and so one of my prayers actually is I want God to show me the actual purpose of sexual purity because I actually, and be very honest, I actually don't know the purpose of sexual purity except in the way it applies to me. Because for me, sex makes me feel so close to someone. It makes me feel so vulnerable, so open, and if I don't have the covering of commitment, I cannot expose myself like that. It's too devastating that's why I keep myself from having sex because I would die from heartbreak if I had sex with someone and the person rejected me and so I'm praying and maybe you can pray for me too I got to give me the real revelation of the reason why sexual purity is important and I know the Bible verse that your body is a temple I still don't understand that because our bodies are temples okay temples of the Holy Spirit okay but we still eat junk and we still eat things that are bad for us and we still you know wear clothes that are too tight and uncomfortable like there's so many ways to defile a temple it's not just with sex the bible says that sex is the only um is the only sin where you're defiling your body i get that but gluttony is also defiling the body like there's so many of these interlinked things i haven't unpacked that i'm just just being straight up with you guys i haven't unpacked the reason why sex is such a massive deal especially because we know so many people who have had prolific sexual lives and it maybe they wish they hadn't from an intimacy with god perspective but nobody has come out to tell me exactly why The only ways that I understand so far are ways that have to do with our intimacy with our partner. So your ability to share genuine intimacy with your partner is hampered when you have other experiences and so your partner isn't able to please you as much um, when you have other expectations, when you're not able to open up and so you're not able to give yourself fully to your partner. Like those things I understand and those things are huge and those are the reasons why I want to stay pure. Like I want me and my husband to like enjoy ourselves and enjoy each other and to be able to give each other intimacy but i still haven't really quite understood that reflecting god moving on any two people to make a commitment to enter into a commitment for marriage you have values that you share that you admire in the other person is the person consistent is the person you know does the person have good character does the person do what they say does the person show up for you does the person you know back their words with their actions those kinds of things show consistency and show if you can depend on someone for the rest of your life and something as easy as like saying that you're sexually pure but allowing someone to go halfway or trying to put forward so much sexual energy even though you're saying that you are keeping yourself for marriage that is inconsistent and that actually tells negatively on your ability to like match your words with your actions so you're saying one thing but you're doing another and that makes you look inconsistent and i'm gonna say something that might be i don't know if it's controversial or if it's just fact i think that women actually have more of the pressure to act consistent in the character than men in the sense that like men would be more scandalized men would be more hurt men are the ones who are more likely to reject a woman who acts inconsistent but when men act inconsistent women seem to like understand and accept and are a bit more flexible and they're like oh don't judge him no one is perfect it's kind of similar to like if a man cheats, he expects a woman to understand. In fact, the entire society and culture expects the woman to understand and to be able to take him back, especially in the Nigerian culture. I was having a conversation with my dad the other day, and my dad is telling me how, like, it's the culture, just like this, most men are like that, blah, blah, blah. And then in the past, women didn't care. I'm just like, father, <laughs> father. <laughs> I care. But the truth is, women are more willing to forgive a man who cheats than men are to forgive a woman who cheats. And I think it's the same way. Women are more forgiving of men's inconsistent behavior, which is why, like, if you say like I'm a godly woman, I don't want to have sex, but then you end up with this guy and you end up having sex, you probably don't think it's that big of a deal because you did it because you like him. Or because you wanted to and in that situation you felt like you were you could be open, you trusted him or you wanted to give him something and you wanted to give him yourself. But he's then withdrawing because he's like, ah, how much more if another guy, how much more, you know. Guys have this mentality, this territorial thing. Like, if I could do this, how many guys are you doing this with? And it really does make them shut down. And in summary, this is why I am still single. It is a combination of every single thing here. It's not a straightforward answer, and I think that that's probably the same for many people who are single and desire marriage. so that nobody's gonna give you one straight answer? It's not going to be just one thing. It's going to be a combination of things from like the state of my heart with the idea of pride not even pride as being arrogant and raising my shoulder up but pride as having a fixed picture that i'm not willing to be flexible on within the cultural context of nigeria and of lagos i know what a good man is supposed to look like i know what a hard-working man is supposed to look like i know the options of careers that are available to the average young man in lagos and so i know what to expect or to imagine that someone that i want to get married to would do i know the range of careers that are possible i know um, what what European Yoruba person would be like stereotypically or what to expect from a Yoruba family, what to expect from an Igbo an family, what to expect from a South-South family, what to expect from a Northern family. There are these tropes and stereotypes and archetypes really that you can pull from. And so I can fortify myself and say, okay, if I'm dating a Northerner, I should expect this. If I'm dating a Southerner, I should expect this. And so without realizing it, what I'd actually done is I've created a a framework for myself i've created guidelines for myself that actually are limiting what i'm expecting from god so for instance i never would call myself a materialistic person like i'm one of those people who used to say money doesn't matter right but guess why money didn't matter to me within the context of lagos nigeria is because i have a large extended family I have connections through my own life as well and my own career path and the friendships and the communities that I've been a part of. And so even if I'm with someone, as long as the person is smart and hardworking... I know some uncles I can call. I know some aunties I can call. We'll get you a job. You know, we can get a nice place to live. We can get a loan from someone. we I know how to make opportunities happen within the context of Lagos, Nigeria, where I grew up. And so even though I would say something like, oh, you know, I don't really care about someone's money. It's because I know where the money is going to come from. I know how I'm going to work hard to encourage someone to be better and to give them the opportunities that would get them on that way and so really I wasn't saying these things because I was relying on the love of God or God's provision I was relying on my connections and my comforts and my familiarity with the society and the environment that I lived in and I grew up in now in the last year I've been displaced um, and I'm now in a different country and let me tell you as soon as I got to this country I was like I don't need to get married no i don't need to get married why because the cultural context is so different i don't have connections here i can't call an uncle or an auntie to get you a job in a prestigious organization i'm not in control here and if i'm not in control here like i can't gauge by looking at a guy what his background is i can't have a conversation with somebody and use that to gauge what their values are what they stand for the social cues are different and so all of a sudden i'm like oh my god if i'm going to date and meet someone in this new context i'm going to have to trust god to be the one to guide me i cannot tell from the way he's talking from the way he's dressing from the way he's acting what his prospects are what his values are i have to actually take it on faith i have to listen to the Holy Spirit I have to date by the Spirit as opposed to by my culture and my comforts and my familiarities and all of a sudden I'm like do you know what I don't want to get married maybe I don't need to get married for an- another couple of years I don't care how old I'm going to be I just need to settle in so that I can get used to the areas the environment and God was saying to me that that was highlighting the fact that even my picture of marriage had become so fixed on the on what i wanted this is even beyond looks heights and all of those other things this is beyond do we like the same kind of music this is literally like what kind of person is he i've started to measure character and values according to the cultural context that i've grown up in and now that i'm in a different cultural context in a country that is also very international very multicultural i don't know what kind of culture The person I'm going to meet is going to be in or be from. I can't prepare myself for a certain kind of mother-in-law or a certain kind of father-in-law. I can't prepare myself because I don't know enough about their cultural context to be able to pick up on these cues instinctively. And so I really have to trust God from scratch. All of a sudden, now that I, I don't have to be married, it's like it shows that. It shows where my trust was and It's quite scary. It's quite scary to think about like dating and opening myself up in a culture and in a context that I'm not used to. And you can just say, oh, there are many Nigerians here. But like, why would I leave Nigeria to come and try to replicate the same situation? When the purpose that God is highlighting to me is to let go of my comfort, is to let go of that rigid, focused path and be flexible enough to go in any direction, that he leads me now i have to be open i'm very scared you guys watch this space if you're still here if you've made it to the end of this video i just want to say thank you so much for watching i'm really trying to move into the creator space full time and to do that i need i need all your support you guys please subscribe please like please share, please comment, um, please share it with anyone who you think will benefit from this. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, let me know what you think. Depending on what platform you're listening on, you can rate it. So please rate it. I'd really appreciate that. And If you have any questions, any comments, any suggestions, any opinions, any feedback, or any topics you'd like me to cover as well, please send me an email Um, it's hey at gmail.com and on instagram i am hey i really love getting dms and it's it's formed such a huge part of my ability to create this content in the sense that i have many life experiences that i can draw from but knowing what you guys are dealing with and thinking about and the questions that you have allows me to draw the right experiences that are tailored to Um, the situations that you might be experiencing as well again thanks for listening and I'll see you in bed again
2: next week bye